meeting them where they are. I mean, this is something we do at Starbird, right? We, we think of this omni-channel way of doing business. And there are something like 15 different ways you can order food at Starbird, okay? Because people are going to connect in different ways. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation today, joined by Aaron Novishan. He has created and co-created over 25 restaurant concepts and founded San Francisco staples like Starbird and Pacific Catch. He is also the founder of Culinary Edge, a food and beverage innovation firm, working with over 25% of the top 200 restaurant chains globally. Chains like Starbucks, Sweetgreen, McDonald's, First Watch, and many others, uh, he is just an incredible guy. We met at a conference and I was blown away by him. Obviously, I know him from his reputation, but so grateful, Aaron, that you're joining us on Give an Ovation today. Well, you yourself deserve a standing ovation, Zach, because you are full of energy and positivity. So I love your vibe. Well, hey, I normally have one Coke Zero. I'm three in today, so we're feeling good. (laughs) Um, it's well, good, good, good thing that there was a zero at the end of that from, you know, where I'm sitting. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Aaron, first of all, I'd love to just get it, get an understanding. There is so much on your plate right now, you know, with restaurants and the culinary edge, how do you manage it all? Like, what, what do you, what do you actually do? As I, as I tell everyone I work with her, I don't really do anything anymore. I just sit in meetings and I edit things and I, you know, <laughs> hopefully create, but uh, I surround myself with amazing people. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I do. I, I find and cultivate great talent who have a passion for problem solving, who have deep curiosity, who are great chefs, um, who, you know, all sorts of folks like that and um, hopefully treat them well enough to want to hang out for a while. And that, that's, that's the formula. That's how I get stuff done. Just, you know, through, you know, via inspiring people uh, on, on a, on a, you know, with a vision and uh, with a mission to uh, improve the food that we eat every day. Love that, Aaron. And, and speaking about people, it's so important that nowadays it's, you know, hiring is so tough. It's tough to find people. It's tough to retain people. What, what do you look for? You're surrounding yourself with such good people. What do you look for in, uh, in employees? What tips would you have for people who are hiring right now? Yeah, it's funny. I had a conversation about this the other day about hire, hiring hourly employees when, when they're really, you know, if, if, what, what is the, what's the, the line that you have to get over? It's like, you know, just make sure that they're nice and can look you in the eye as a starting point, because there's plenty of people who, you know, in the hospitality or business who, who, who just, they can't even be that. And I think that's a really important starting point, you know, which is a a pretty low bar, you may think, Um, but at the end of (laughs) the day, I I like how you don't even say a pulse, like they have to be nice. It's okay if they're dead, as long as they're nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's usually you need a pulse to be nice is my experience. So I, I think that it, that it, it's, and have, you know, showing care, care and empathy, right? Mm-hmm. Can you put yourself in someone else's shoes? And a lot of folks can't, right? I think about in, 
you know, hiring for full service restaurant, you may have a, a server who you're expecting to provide a certain level of full service experience. And they may not even go out that to that many restaurants and have those full service experience. So they can't even, they don't even know what it's like to, to want and need those things themselves. So that, that empathy is really key and critical. And, um, you know, a lot of times I always say too, that, you know, it's, you can't tell this generation that the customer is always right. Cause to be honest with you, the customer very often is, is dead wrong. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to prove that to them. And, and our team members, you know, I can't tell you that customers are right, always right, because I have no credibility. It's, it's the customer always needs to be treated with respect, with empathy, with care, and figure out a way to make them feel whole in any situation. You know, that that's the spirit of it. Any, any good interview questions that you would recommend to kind of suss that out? Uh, I don't know about sussing that out, but every, every interview I conduct, I ask someone, what were the last five meals you ate? A, oh. to see if they even can remember them. B, how they talk about food. You know, we, we're, we're pretty passionate about food. It, you know, learn if they like to cook themselves or what type of things they like to explore and eat. Are they into the basics? It, it, it says a lot about a person what their last five meals were. I, that's a really good point. As I'm thinking of my last five meals and thinking about the food crawls that I've been on in the last couple of days, it's like, I, I think we'd have fill up a podcast with me just explaining <laughs> those meals. You've been very fortunate, it sounds like. Yeah. So obviously you've been at this, you know, for a couple of years now, uh, a few decades. Um, yeah, a couple and, of decades plus. And, and there's been some mistakes along the way. And what do you wish, if you can go back and talk to Aaron, mm. just getting into this space, what advice would you give him? And then are there any, are there any mistakes that, you know, you would uh, be willing to share? Well, I, I think the biggest mistakes that, that created the greatest amount of um, challenges for businesses is, is actually bad real estate mistakes. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, do you think, bad, do you think that's bad, still applicable? Absolutely. I mean, real estate is a different, there's a different definition for real estate today. And the fact that there's a lot of virtual real estate, but nonetheless, a, a, a dog site can take so much organizational energy, right? That may or may not ever be fixable. And, and oh, let's put our high quality people in, in, in our most dog site. And, you know, you get a one, one bad site that takes down the AUV and the average uh, store level EBITDA for a cluster of four or five pretty dramatically. You know, obviously, as you get over, you know, when you get many, many restaurants, a single bad site is not going to make as much impact. But in the early stages, in that first 10, you know, don't, don't rush into making a real estate decision um, before, you know, w- without really knowing that the downside, you have more, you have more risk of it being wrong than the upside of it being right. That's an interesting play because, uh, you know, especially on this podcast, we don't hear a lot of people talking about real estate anymore. And, mm-hmm. but it still is important, you know, like you can't, even with all the online sales, you still got to have a spot that people can see you or yeah. at least feel comfortable with coming to pick it up. Right. If you're, if you're in a dangerous spot, if you're in a hard to get to spot, mm-hmm. then yeah, that makes it, that makes it super tough. Yeah. Or, or is the trade area that you're delivering to right. And is the, is it the right demographic who's going to order delivery from that locale? Like all those things, you know, it's still, it's still an eight minute drive time right? To somewhere that has to determine your delivery corridor, maybe 10, you know, that kind of thing. Most, most of that's happening in that arena. 
So any other advice you'd give a younger Aaron? Oh my goodness. Um, don't breathe your own exhaust. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you avoid that though? I, I think it's check yourself, you know, test, you know, get mentors, right? I'm so fortunate. I mentor many people, but I still seek mentors and I still seek uh, advice of experts and others, right? I mean, I, I guess I've learned that in, in the culinary edge, I have the benefit of, you know, working with and providing, I wouldn't say advice, but, um, you know, well thought out uh, recommendations and directives in and around their business strategy and their food and, food and menu and their guest experience things. And I'll, I have a, there are parts of my business that I just say like, there are people who are smarter than me at this. And I am going to absolutely ask as many questions as I can and learn and just, you know, be a student every single day, be curious every single day, be open to learning all the time. And, and some of it's mind baffling. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm North of 50 and I, most of my staff is 20 years younger than me or, or more, you know, good, a good amount. And they look at the world differently. And, and that doesn't mean that my world is right because <laughs> it, it's not. And I'm really uh, enamored by the way that different generations think and different, different ways that people think about food and, and experiences with each other, because that's really what's going to um, pave the way for the future. You combine that curiosity and knowledge with expertise, and then that becomes something powerful, right? I love that. Yeah, because and I think that being open is such an important thing. And shoot, I, I will just say on a side note that while your team may be 20 years your junior, uh, from my personal experience, I bet you could whoop them on a bowling lane. So <laughs> Aaron, uh, look, look, who's talking the guy who rolled a, a 200 and said, he's never played the game before. I'm just, just saying, well, that was the second game when we had money on the line. So but, <laughs> not with me, fortunately, or maybe we did. Uh oh. Well, you know, the, th the thing, Aaron, though, I think that's a great point of like, you, you need to be so open and have this, no matter your age, realizing that your view of the world is, is only your view of the world. It's a focus group of one. And I think that I meet people like you. I meet people like Brandon Hunt of Via 313, who just have this hungry hustle and this curiosity where it's, it's like, I, I don't know everything and that's okay. And that's like part of the, the wisdom uh, that I so appreciate with people like you is that you can, you can have such a well-defined set uh, and view of the world um, and yet be open to other views also being okay. It's, it's like that they're, yeah. they're, it's okay to have multiple truths. Uh, and I think it's, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think uh, a colleague of mine, you know, shared it's, you know, seek, seek to understand, not to be understood. And, you know, I, I remind myself of that often, right. Cause people will ask me for, you know, give me your advice. I mean, like, but, there's only so much there. Sometimes a, a question is better than an answer to, to really, you know, get people to think about things, right? And how, how, how problems get reframed. You know, so many people come to the culinary edge and say, oh, we think this is our problem. And instead of saying, oh, well, this is who, you know, this is who we are and this is we solve problems. It's more asking questions to see if like, is that really what you're trying to solve here, right? Is there really a deeper rooted uh, thing that might be behind 
um, this surface level. Not that those things are surface level all the time, but but it, it might be deeper than a, a financial situation or, you know, like there's there's deeper rooted things often. Kaizen, right? It's the whole concept of digging down to that root reason, the Toyota 5Y methodology. I think that's mm-hmm. that's uh, incredible. And in fact, what I remember, um, so I, got, I received a job offer from Amazon that I turned down to, to do technology startups. And one of the things I thought was so interesting was I sat down in this 30 minute interview. They talked to me for five minutes and then they said, now what questions do you have for me? And literally it was me asking questions for 25 minutes. Uh, and anyway, by like the 10th question, I'm like, oh boy, okay, mouth has turned a little cottony right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish more people who I interview asked more questions. Yeah. And um, I, I'm often surprised at how unprepared people are to ask questions and, and when given the opportunity in an interview to do so. And so that if there's any, not to give advice, when people share that, it's not just like they're trying to be polite. <laughs> the interviewer actually wants to know how you're thinking about things and do you frame good questions and, and do you understand like what might not have been covered uh, in, in, in understanding the business. You know, when, when I start every interview, I, I, I let people know, like, I'm, we're just going to cut to the chase really quickly here because you're interviewing me and I'm interviewing you and we need to figure out if this is a fit for both of us. So um, the formality of this, uh, you know, probably is going to be a little bit of waste of time. Like, let's get to, let's get to the meat of this quickly because then we're really going to understand if um, we're a good fit for each other. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great point. And I think, again, especially if someone actually shows up for an interview, then uh, great, let's cut to the chase, because that's, that's a huge problem that people are having now, too. It's just, you know, getting people to show up for them. So, yeah, I think I think technology has made it a little too easy mm-hmm. to apply for a job. Right. So oh, if I can just lay on my couch and go through my Facebook or Instagram feed, or probably even now TikTok feed, and click on a link and apply to a job, it was a pretty low lift, right? There wasn't a whole lot of commitment. And then some, you know, AI bot in the HR, you know, ecosystem has scheduled that interview with someone who didn't have to do anything. Like there's no, there's so little commitment to the process, hence nobody shows up. (laughs) Because you know, maybe they applied to 10 things and, and they won't, they're, they're not going to call and tell you they're not coming either. There's just like, it, it's, it's so impersonal. Yeah. Um, I, I was really surprised yesterday. I was, uh, got the, the benefit of visiting my daughter in her dorms in UCLA. She's a sophomore this year and, and living in the dorms for the first time. She's this massive building, thousand people. Right. And I remembered my dorm experience and it was very open and people, their doors open and people talked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, I remember we had shared restrooms and like you, you meet people in the hallways, like, yeah. it's like it's this a thousand person intimidating cold place. And then we're getting the elevator and there are nine young adults, all nine of them staring at their phone going down the elevator. And I was like, oh. I get it. I mean, I'm, I stare at my phone a lot. Don't get me wrong, but this is day 10 of starting and living in a new place is everyone wanting to be so anonymous, you know, and I, I think it's a little bit of a challenge. Um, and I think it's going to create some problems in the future of how to connect uh, this younger generation to um, 
connect with each other. I think it's a, something about our industry, right? And I'm, I'm just, it just made me think a lot about it yesterday because I, a lot of these kids I don't feel are connecting in a way and that are our future workforce. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting thing to see. Yeah. And like you're saying in the beginning, right? Teaching, sometimes you got to, you got to look for that empathy, but sometimes you got to teach it. If they haven't had that experience before, they're not used to it. You know, a lot of these mm-hmm. people aren't, you're going for a fine dining experience. People, people have never been to a fine dining restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, yeah. I went to Chick-fil-A. You know, that was, a, mm-hmm. that was about as polite as service has gotten. Uh, I, think, I think it's a really interesting point of, of how technology is able, has, was started to connect people. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I remember, you know, I go to parties now and I'll see people that are just like sitting there on the couch, scrolling through Instagram and commenting on people's feeds. And I'm like, yeah, but the people that you're, con- are th- she literally is right over there. Mm-hmm. Like you can go talk to her. Yeah, well, I, th- I think there's a there's a sense of a little bit of anxiety, social anxiety that is created today, and and so taking the flip side of that and being curious about it, and not dictating like that's wrong, right? Like seeking to understand it, right? Mm-hmm. So okay, so this is manifesting. I'm not going to change the world, right? You know how might. Um, we connect with people in a way that they can hear or through the channels that they listen to, to be inspired to maybe they don't want to put the phone down, but maybe they want to interact with our business, but maybe we sort of like can connect with people, meeting them where they are. I mean, this is something we do at Starbird, right? We, we think of this omni-channel way of doing business and there are something like 15 different ways you can order food at Starbird. Okay, because people are going to connect in different ways. You can walk in the door, talk to a cashier, order food, sit down. You can order through our app. You can order through our mobile web. You can order through the web. You can walk up to a kiosk. You could order through a third-party delivery site. You can order through one of our virtual brands because you were targeted wanting to eat a salad that day and you searched for salads on DoorDash and found Starbird that way. And some people, when the pandemic started, I, I said, we, have, we need a phone line. <laughs> we don't answer the phone here. You know? It's like, well, actually, there's a lot of people who have anxiety right now, and they, they kind of want to call and connect in ways that we did have to teach our, our team members because there's X amount of people who sometimes want to just call and find out what's going on, right? Or, or just so, to make sure that they have the thing or that, did yeah, you actually get did the order? order? Like, or they want to change something and your technology doesn't allow them. Oh, I forgot to add the X, right? Can you yeah, just put yep. that in there? Like a simple thing. Sometimes you just want to, like the quickest way actually is to just call. I mean, maybe it's to text, but not all the businesses have easy texting uh, communication, right? So these are, these are things I think about, like meet, meet the customer where they want to be met, understand that different people have different needs, um, some of them are better, more profitable, and you can't be everything to everybody. But, you know, like, you know, if we can do 80K a week out of a Starbird by meeting people where they want to be met, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me. Uh, so w- what are some of the most important things, speaking of guest experience, about that experience nowadays? I, I mean, the things that are important to people. Like we serve delicious food, right? And so I'm a chef. And if the food isn't mind blowing, like forget about it. Like I'm not going to get involved in it. It's, it's, it's not anything we want to do. And, and people don't always tell you, particularly in social media or in, in when the food is really great and delicious, 
that they, they will comment often in a positive way around service and hospitality experience, because that's actually a human connection that they're mm-hmm. actually inspired to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I see some folks. And, and I think at Starbird, we do a great job with guest service. We do a much better job, I think, with food. And I look at, a, you know, the big Chick-fil-A's out there. They, they do amazing. Their guest service is mind blowing. Right. I, and I, I, I'm always inspired and in awe about what they what they've created from a guest experience standpoint. Um, but, you know, what what matters right now is all about accuracy. You know, it's, well, it's about it's, getting. It's, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Getting it. Yeah. Well, the main reason is just so much more is off premise. Right. No matter mm-hmm. what type of business, even if you're a casual dining place that had to do more curbside pickup or way more delivery or way more whatever. Everyone's off premise is up. And, you know, when you're eating in a restaurant and, oh, they forgot the side dressing or whatever and you didn't get it, you, you get up or you call the server over and say, hey, can I get the, you know, the dressing that you forgot, right? Well, when 85% of, or of your food is off premise and beverage is off premise, whether it's delivered or you picked it up and it's a sealed stapled bag now for safety, it, it's, they don't have the opportunity to turn around and get it right. So I, I think that, that every and any technology to help make it easier for businesses to be more accurate is really like that is a, a massive need state. I totally agree. And, and we see that, you know, in our platform, obviously, when, when people are commenting on things that go wrong, accuracy is the number one issue, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing more frustrating than ordering three burgers, getting home, and there's only two in the bag. And it's like, are you kidding me? I just drove 20 minutes home, and mm-hmm. now I'm going to have to drive back. It's going to get soggy. And so, yeah, it's just, I think that's a great point, Aaron. It's like the, the brass tacks get the order right. Um, love that. So w- what are some successful things that you have uh, seen or tried lately? Oh my God, we just launched. Um, so in California, Northern California in particular, there's a type of bread it's a, that's called Dutch crunch bread. And it's this, it's sort of like a French sort of sour, slightly sour French bread with this incredibly crunchy, crackly crust. And we bake all our own bread at Starbird. And, and, I, and I was starting to see some TikToks of Dutch crunch and people talking about, and I was like, there's something going on here, especially in Northern California. Maybe we can make our own Dutch crunch bread. Like, let's just do this. And let's create like the craziest, most delicious sandwich ever. And so we created this sandwich called the Cali Bacon Dutch Crunch. And it's it's got our star sauce on it and our, our starboard chicken and applewood smoked bacon. And we put a little of this, something called PK sauce, which is sort of our, our secret flavor bomb that goes on our sandwiches. And it's got this house baked double uh, Dutch crunch bread. And this sandwich has become like we do in LTOs and we sell, you know, the starboard and the big star and our Nashville hot are just always the top players. LTOs, when they're doing well, they're in the middle of the pack. And this thing went shot to number one. And it's no been battling way. number one, number two ever since we launched it. And so I'm like, okay, we're on to something here. This is this is a, a thing. So we're uh, we're excited about that product. You know, I mean, we've created a second bread, which our operators are like, no, don't do it. You know, <laughs> but it's like, look, we just, you know, comps are up 26% still over last year, still right now. Like, are you still arguing about that? <laughs> like, you know, got to keep wowing them with, with, and, and it's not like, it wasn't a new flavor profile. It was just sort of identifying some movement in the marketplace 
that we had the sort of credibility to jump on, right? And, and that we could leverage. So those are some of the things, you know, sometimes it's not some esoteric flavor trend. Sometimes it's just a, a tweak on a, on a product in a way that just goes, goes gangbusters. Well, I think that speaks to, again, you've been open to the world. You know, I, my, my parents certainly aren't on TikTok and they're, I mean, they're older than you certainly, but it's like, get on TikTok, right? Like, you know, Sean Walchef talks about that all the time. And, you know, CJ Ramirez, he's great at picking up on these trends out there. And I think that's, that's awesome. I think, you know, be, being open to what is out there and what's going on puts you really in touch with these kinds of opportunities. Yeah. And, and just, yeah, like I said, yeah, be curious. Um, and, you know, it's, it's an escape. We all have our different ones, you know, going to a baseball game tonight with my son. San Francisco Giants, number one, so fired up. <laughs> Not, nothing better than a, than a like, when, when would I be able to buy tickets the day of a, of, of a hundred plus winning baseball team with four games left in a, you know, both they, they and the Dodgers are, you know, battling for first place. Like, it's like, no one's in the stadium right now. We're just like, <laughs> let's go to the baseball game tonight. School night, school night. Let's do this. Dude, I love that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, lastly, who deserves an ovation in the restaurant industry today? Oh my God. You know, I've got to say, I got to give it to Chris Tommaso, uh, CEO, first watch. They'll be going public in the coming days, weeks. And I've really admired how he has taken what was a good business and really made it a great business. Uh, we've been excited to partner with them for over 10 straight years at the Culinary Edge. I've learned so much from Chris. I mean, great, great marketing mind, great people leader, authentic human being. And I wish nothing but the best in the world for him and for the First Watch team, because they're going to take this country by storm when they go public soon. And they deserve all the benefits that are coming their way. I love that. Well, that, that's awesome. How, how do people find you, follow you, Aaron? Uh, they find me at Aaron at starboardchicken.com. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, you can check out our Starboard TikTok feed at Starboard Chicken. You could check out, um, you know, my LinkedIn feed. I got a lot of, uh, a lot of friends, a lot of folks on there. So you can reach out to me there also. Awesome. Well, hey, for helping us salivate, describing your California bacon Dutch crunch, and for bringing the love and the inspiration to this podcast, as well as for helping me get to over a 200 game in bowling. Today's ovation goes to you, Aaron. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you, Zach. It's awesome hanging with you today. Likewise. Glad you're with us today. And thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.